Hello and welcome to another bite-sized Franz and Furlong for day three of Royal Ascot, which is the Thursday. Uh, Rob, as ever, is joining me. Hello, Rob. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. We are recording while uh, day two is currently going on. Um, we've had one winner between us in the first three races, so hopeful that gets slightly better as the day goes on, but we shall see. Um, yeah, just we just watched the Prince of Wales and State of Play one, uh, which we did give a bit of a decent talk up yesterday on our pod um but rob's selection of lord north was pretty uh pretty appalling run really he lost it all at the start uh, <laughs> frankie, frankie forgot Tory. to take the blindfold off so yeah there goes the my, me talking up frankie de Tory. uh he's having a <laughs> hopefully, shocker <laughs> hopefully frankie's form gets better as the day goes on uh right yeah. rob let's do day three so uh, obviously we're recording this on wednesday afternoon so these are early prices but we shall endeavour to find a few winners for tomorrow. We start off with the Norfolk five furlong two-year-old race. How do you see this one going? Um, it's another two-year-old sprint lottery, isn't it? But uh, I've got one in- interesting contender in Pillow Talk, uh, which is the only filly in the race, and interestingly hasn't gone for the filly's option, um, which you know you would have thought would be an easy be an easy race up against your own sex. So. Reason reason being, of course, Carl Burke's premier filly. Uh, just won the Queen Mary dramatised so he knew dramatised was his top filly so he's put pillow talk to the other five furlong race for the boys indeed yeah spreading try and win both so yeah yeah, interesting and obviously gets a three pound filly's allowance which over five furlongs is quite significant Um, so I, I just picked out that one and sort of coming from the same stable as dramatised if it's if it's anything like dramatised then you know, it will be on for an absolute winner. Um, and it's seven to one. It's a Kodiak sired filly. So um, we all know Kodiak is great at producing two year old sprinters that are good at this time of the year. So, yeah, for me, it ticked all the boxes. How, how do you see it, Dan? Oh, well, I want to mention two horses. Um, one is the Antarctic for Aidan O'Brien, uh, it's a full brother to Batash. Um, two wins from two novice races in Ireland. Looks an absolute speedster. Uh, Batash was obviously one of the great sprinters of the last 20 years in this country. Um, and if he's anything like as good as Batash, then he should be well in the mix tomorrow, I'd suggest. Five to two is short enough, but um, connections and relations uh, would suggest that he's going to have every chance. It's just whether he's advanced enough or he's as good as Batash. Um, and the horse at a price would be Crispy Cat, which came second in the National Stakes um, at Sandown, Brigadier Gerard evening. I was there that night, blazed away, got pegged back, went off a bit, really a bit quick. But I really think he's still got a lot of class and he's currently 14 to 1. So a um, bit of each way value there. But I think my main selection is going to be the Antarctic. Um, um, nice. Oh, yeah, if, he, if he's anything like Batash, then... It's going to be a, a great horse, but <laughs> some big shoes to fill. Uh, sorry, there was just a close-up replay of Frank Tory in the stalls during the Prince of Wales, mate. Uh, he oh. went to go. He, he went to pull off the blindfold. Blindfold didn't come off. Uh, it was stuck on, and so Lord and so Lord North went nowhere because obviously he was blindfolded, so he didn't see the stalls open. <laughs> and then the blindfold was almost stuck on, so he, he oh. literally. And then he got it off, and the horse jumped. So, or oh, I have to Shocking. say, a bit of a, a bit of pilot error there from Frankie. Shocking. Um, 
not good. Uh, we will hopefully say that there was an error with the blindfold, but I think it was more Dottori was a bit... Mm, anyway. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so for me, main selection Antarctic, maybe a small each way on Crispy Cat. And Rob's selection in the opener is Pillow Talk at eight to one. Uh, second race, we have King George V, which is the three-year-old mile-and-a-half handicap. Um, obviously, a lot of unexposed horses. This is probably one of the hardest races of the week. It's was... so hard, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's an absolute lottery because you have no idea which horses are on good marks. They're all had about three runs. Uh, they're all in marks in the 90s. I mean, you're basically looking for the group group horse in a handicap but there's probably yeah. 10 group horses in here so <laughs> who's who's sort of tactically ridden those three races to get a good handicap mark but good enough to get in the race but not so good that it puts you out of contention yeah it's so tough to pick pick someone good uh my angle in was Aknamara, who's got more experience than than a lot of them has got six runs behind his name um including a couple of wins in some sort of slightly lower grade handicaps but um, that's sort of risen it up the handicap from 75 up to 90. Uh, and I think there's probably more, more to come from him. And the bit, the bit I liked was uh, its last race was at Doncaster and over a mile and six furlongs. So it definitely stays. Um, whereas you could probably question some of the others that have maybe only run over one mile, two furlong up to this point. Um, so, yeah. I'm going for Aknamara, Charlie and Mark Johnson as the trainer, Joe Fanning to have a nice front-running, uh, well-paced ride um, and win from the front. So, yeah, how do you see it, Dan? Uh, well, I've picked out a horse at a price because I think uh, these, unless you really have a soft spot for a horse in this race, I think going for one uh, price, which you think is well-bred, uh, I think it's an angle in. I also mm. like to look at this race and, and choose a trainer who's perhaps not a marquee trainer. Um, because you know, um, the marquee trainers, the Godolphin horses, etc., are going to be short prices and Gosdens and Haggises. So there's a James Ferguson horse trained horse called Doville Legend, uh, which is a 14 to 1. And it's out of Sea the Stars, so one of the great horses and one of the great sires. Um, it's run three times, it didn't win in its two year old season. First time out as a three year old, it ran in a novice at Windsor in April. And really pulled away that day, looking at the race back, beat two Godolphin horses um, and pulled away very nicely. Uh, was over a mile and two that day. So he's going up um, in, in trip by two furlongs. Looks like he's going to get an extra two furlongs, no problem at all. Uh, and I would suggest that a mark of 89 would underestimate him. And if he was trained by a more marquee trainer, he'd probably be eight or nine to one, I would suspect. Um, so 14 to one, Doville legend for me. Nice, yeah, good angle there. Cheers, mate. Uh, right, race three, the Ribblesdale. Mile and a half fillies, uh, the Ascot Oaks, if you like. What do you think about this one? Tough. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no easy races at Royal Ascot, is there? There isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Cheltenham now, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, disappointing smallish field, only six horses, yeah. so there's not there's not a lot of each way value. Um I actually sort of went through one by one and, and the, the horse I, I thought was way overpriced was Mystic Wells. Um, so George Bowie trained um, second in the Oaks trial at Lingfield uh, about a month ago, but then didn't actually run in the Oaks. Um, and the form from that race hasn't been that good because the, the winner only came seventh in the Oaks. But 
I think there's maybe a bit more to come from Mystic Wells. Um, so, yeah. Go, go for uh, a, a sort of slightly... And try and get uh, each way sort of, um, well, two places or, or do some sort of betting without the favourite um, for Mystic Wells, currently 25 to 1. Yeah, very nice, mate. Well, I, I, like you, see it as a very open race. So I'm mm. not going to get stuck, even though you know I love William Haggis. I don't think <laughs> I'm going to get stuck into short price William Haggis two to one horses that I don't really know why she's as short as twos, personally. I, I'm, I think that's pretty short. So I'm actually, you're back in the outside of the field. I'm back in the one but outside of the field in history for Aidan O'Brien. Um, I wouldn't say sparkling form coming in um, had five runs two wins took three starts to get off his off the mark however as a three-year-old we know o'brien brings his three-year-olds through slowly impeccably bred out of galileo we know galileo will love an, a mile and a half uh, round ascot uh one one her first try um in a guineas trial um uh sort of group three i think it was went to the irish guineas finished seventh that day but that was over a mile and she got outpaced at the two two furlong pole if you watch the race back so i think a mile and a half will suit her and i think she'll love a mile and a half and i'm surprised to see her as big as eight to one for this race because i think she's no worse than any of the th four horses in front of her in fact on ratings just looking at it she's the second highest rated filly in the race and she's unexposed yeah. over a mile and a half uh, probably the most expensive as well. Two point eight million she cost. <laughs> she's, she's impeccably bred. History. Yeah, um, to Mo Harper, who was yeah, a great so, horse. So let's, you know, I think this horse she's she's not finished yet, and I think she might be a bit of a sleeper at eight to one, personally. All right. Yeah. Good. Good shout there, Dan. I might Thank follow you, you on that. As yeah, well as my I, uh, I, outsider. I, I always think Aiden. He never rushes his fillies. Aiden O'Brien and. He obviously thinks a lot of us, so we shall see, won't we? But uh, there we are. Right, next up, marquee Blue Ribbon event of the whole week, the Gold Cup, the Ascot Gold Cup, over two and a half miles, the Stayers Championship. Where do we see this one going, Rob? So um, my tip for this race is Trushan, who's been probably the form stayer of the last 12 months. Um, didn't run in the Ascot Gold Cup last year, but... Um, won the the goodwood equivalent then uh the stayers race on on arc day and then the um the, the champions day long distance uh so won all three of those all top top staying races being all contenders including a certain stradivarius that i'm sure we'll come on to talk to in a minute um so yeah i, I think Trushan, i think holly doyle will have been preparing this ride for about 12 months um <laughs> and as long as she doesn't screw it up, she's got she's got the best horse. The only doubt is Trushan has never run on good to firm ground. Tend to pull it out if it, if the ground is anything firmer than good. But you would think it's the Ascot Gold Cup. It's the pinnacle. They're, they're not necessarily have too many more chances at the Ascot Gold Cup. So at some point you've got to run it, right? Um, so that, that's what I'm hoping. Uh... Yeah, I I would highly doubt. I don't think Trushan's going to run tomorrow. I think Alan King's shown before. And he had the exact same situation last year at Ascot. He had a Trushan who probably would have won that last year. Well, subjectivist was so good, maybe not. But 
if the ground had been good to soft, he would run through Shan. It was good to firm. And there was a shower about an hour after the race. Uh, and Alan King said if the shower had come an hour earlier, he he would have definitely run Trushan, but he pulled him. So I don't think Trushan's going to run tomorrow. However, we pretty much know that it's going to be good to firm tomorrow and he's still not pulled him out. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. But I, I cannot, I cannot see how Alan King changes his, what he's done with this horse always, which is if it's firmer than good, he doesn't run it. So I, I can't see him running so what, Trushan. What do you think Trushan... his issue is? Do you think injury or do you doesn't, think it just doesn't he just like won't it. perform on it? Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't perform on good to firm ground. If you look at his history he always underperforms on bet good or better he needs so, a bit of cut in the ground yeah. Since uh, he's the gone only... on to win like the goodwood cup and the the french long distance on arc day like he's, he's got nothing to lose in my opinion you know all right yeah round, so who cares yeah i agree so, yeah. It, but I'm not alan king though <laughs> no exactly and he, he probably thinks what he did last year is pull it out and run it in the northumberland plate but that was on tap yeah. to uh, Newcastle now because they they only have a tap to track. So I don't I don't really know uh, what's going to happen. So if he runs at the moment, he's best priced six to one. So the market doesn't think he's going to run because if he was going to run, he'd be half that price. Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, if he runs, he'll have a chance. But it's the ground that will beat him um, because I like you. You've obviously avoided the favourite, which is Kiprios. Of Aiden O'Brien, I don't really see why he's such a short price. To be honest, no, I, me neither. Um, he's done. He won easily a, a pretty weak group race last time. Um, I know he's got age on his side. We'll get on to Strad in a second, but Princess Zoe's pretty handy as well. I can't see why Kiprios is seven to four. Stradivarius is five to two. Now we all know Stradivarius is not the horse he once was. Right? He is not. He's not anywhere near what he once was. Stradivarius. However, he won last time out at York that Dante meeting he's shown he didn't run a bad race last year he came second or third I think he came fourth in the Ascot Gold Cup he won the Goodwood uh, he went to Goodwood and won did he run in Goodwood in the end probably didn't because of the ground because it went soft but he won uh, at the Ebor meeting in the Lonsdale Cup I, he's still a serious racehorse and there was there was excuses last year subjectivists would have won anyway but he got blocked in he probably would have come second if he hadn't got blocked in last year there isn't any subjectivist this year. I don't think Kiprios is, is the horse that subjectivist was. I don't think Trushan's going to run. Princess Zoe would like a bit of cut, ideally, from memory. I think she she normally does. Um, I, 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 think, I think this is a race Stradivarius can win. I really do. I think a 5-2 to two is um, still a generous price. And it's going to be for, the, for his fourth Gold Cup, you know? Yeah, it would be with, uh, with Yeats. Who's got got a yeah, statue? Yeah, Yates won four, you know, and yeah, the great Gold Cup horse Yates was. He's known as one of the greatest stairs of all time, and Stradivarius would be level par with him, you know. But uh, yeah. he will love good to firm ground. He can use his turn of foot at the end, and he's still got it. He's still got something there. He's a good horse. He hasn't lost it all. Yeah. He's lost some of it, I think, but not all of it. Um, but yeah, so and well, and one of the great joys of Stradivarius he, is he hasn't lost part of it because he's still a stallion and he can still go to the stud whenever he hangs up his boots so indeed yeah um anyway yeah. so so my selection would be strad i think at five yeah. to two i think true going to come out i don't rate the favorite princess zoe i think will run a big race but i still think stradivarius is better so yeah um, i don't rate kiprios at all i mean it's the gold cup you need tried and tested form and, and kiprios is like you know, maybe will amount to something, but I'm not willing yeah. to to go on favoritism. And then, yeah, for me, Trushan if he runs, 
but if not, yeah, Stradivarius should have it wrapped up. Well, for me, if Kipkros was eight to one, I'd say yeah, probably a good eight to one chance because yeah, <laughs> I think he's unexposed and he's young and he's improving. But to seven to four favourite in the Gold Cup, not no for thing. me, not for me. Uh, right, Rob, let's get stuck into the handicaps. Or well, definitely Britannia is always a bit of a absolute lottery. A uh, bit of a mile cavalry charge for the three-year-olds. Same applies to the King George V earlier in the card. Uh, this, these, any of these could be anything. I've picked out two, um, which I both like. Uh, so uh, indulge me. And I like both of these quite a lot. Um, Tranquil Knight for the second string Godolphin horse. Now, I text you in January when I watched a seven furlong Kempton Maiden and saw two horses pull pull forward in that, and Tranquil Knight was the horse that won that race. And I said to you then, I think this horse is going to be a serious racehorse. He looked fantastic. He's run both starts since. He's off a mark of 95. He looked very good in his handicap win last time out on the turf. He's been off since. I think he's been kept for this race. And I think 95, he's at least £10 better than that, I would suggest. Um, and the other one is Saga. And the great thing about Saga for Her Majesty the Queen, it might be a Her Majesty the Queen theme to my next three selections, is he's 12 to 1. He's had five runs. He's only had one win. However, first time out in his first maiden, he came second to Modern Games, which won the French Guineas. On his second start, he came second to Caribus, which won the English Guineas and the St. James Palace on Tuesday. He then won on his third start. This season as a three-year-old, he was uh, second on his fourth start to Maljum, which was desperately unlucky in the St. James's Palace on Tuesday and is a serious horse. And then last time out, handicap debut, I thought Rob Havlin gave him an awful ride because he put him to the front. He was keen and he just didn't stay. 97 underestimates this horse. He has lost to some serious racehorses and I think 12 to 1 is overpriced. And the rumour is the Queen is going to go tomorrow because she's got the favourite in the race after this. And I wonder whether Saga might just be another winner for her on the day. So you've just stolen my whole speech, Dan. No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, Rob. Yeah, I picked out Saga and I'd picked out uh, most of those opponents that it had run against. So, yeah, I, I was all in until literally 20, 20 minutes ago when uh, Frankie Dottorio had his, had his howler. <laughs> and he's obviously got Frankie on board, which is uh, <laughs> a bit of a danger. Well, well let's hope, let's hope he has a good night's out. sleep and uh, sorts himself out a little bit. Well, because... Frankie hopefully has just won the Gold Cup at this point, so I'm yeah. hoping he's going to be full of full of uh, confidence going into this race. Sorry, I've stolen the whole bit, but isn't it some amazing form what he's lost to? Yeah, yeah, um, good. Are you back just back in Saga, or are back in anything else? Uh, just Saga was the only one I picked out, yeah. to be honest. There's some, um, there's some very good improving horses in this, though. It's a very open race. Um, yeah. Race six is the Hampton Court. Reach for the Moon is odds-on favourite for Her Majesty the Queen. Um, looking at the field size, I mean, there are six runners in this race. I would imagine the rumour is the Queen's going tomorrow, and that it's almost like the rest of the trainers are gone. We'll give her this one. because <laughs> <laughs> I don't see much to oppose him. Uh Gosden thinks he's a good horse, and I think I think he's on some for a reason. I think he's going to win tomorrow. But again, Mister Saw is riding, and he's having a shocker this week so far. So, um, reach for the moon to win. Uh, I'm the same. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot else in in the race. Is there? Well, not, there's not there's one bit. horse that I do adore in the race called Cresta, um, which I, I, a horse of Martin Meads who I really like. Um, 
it's interesting. He got bought last week for half a million quid, uh, and he's only rated 104. So they obviously see what I see in which in him, which is he's a very good horse. I think he might actually serve it up to Reach for the Moon. However, I'd be surprised if Reach for the Moon lost. But Cresta, I think I might forecast because I don't see any value in eight to thirteen. But Reach for the Moon to win, Cresta comes second, and that's how I see that. That's how I see the Hampton Court final race, Rob. What have you got in the final handicap, race seven, the Buckingham Palace handicap? Uh, I was... <laughs> well, given we've just picked two horses in the previous race, I was going to go for a Queenie hat-trick and go yes. for tactical. <laughs> I've, I've, put, I've put the same in the blog, Rob. <laughs> God, we spend too much time talking about horse racing, Dan. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, tactical. He's going back up to seven, isn't he? Yeah. Um, back up to seven like top weight in this it's got some sort of group race form um yeah maybe the proverbial group horse in a handicap um so yeah sort of fits the bill second run after wind surgery <laughs> i i think he's gonna have that big run um and i thought this race was definitely a lower uh less unexposed horses obviously because the nature of of the age of the group of the horses uh yeah. and of course he being seven furlong less unexposed horses some improving horses and some unexposed ones but not in the same mold as the other two handicaps we talked about on the card uh i think tactical's got a real chance and i think it could be a if the queen does go it'll be very interesting because i wonder whether some of these have been placed quite tactically for her to go and see as there's three three races in a row where she's got i think a live chance yeah, normally she goes early and leaves, doesn't she? But yeah, maybe she'll just pop in for. I think I think she won't be in the procession, and she might just pop in at four o'clock, and then yeah. she can present she can present the gold cup, and then she yeah. can watch the three races after with, with her horses running in them. I wonder when that's what she'll do. She'll come for the last four races in a car, just in a side door somewhere. What colour hat's she going to wear, Dan? Uh, <laughs> that was always my favourite bet when you go to Ascot. The bookies have odds on it and you always go blue. And you yeah. always go, I always used to think that whatever horse she fancied in the Gold Cup, if you went Gold Cup day, she'd try and colour coordinate with the jockey's outfit. So the year Order of St George won, I knew she'd wear that blue and orange outfit she has with an orange hat or a blue hat, whichever <laughs> way around it was. And uh, yeah, so that was always a good, I always thought blue was a good safe bet with the Queen. She loved the blue outfit. Yeah. Uh, um, right, mate. And we die. We die. If we digress. Thank you so much for your time, and hopefully everyone has a good day racing. And we will see you tomorrow. Cheers, Rob. Cheers.